My name is Lowell Kamen. I'm the CEO and director of Lodestar Battery Metals, formerly Silverton uh, Metals. And we have uh, repositioned the company to Snow Lake, Manitoba from Mexico. We've bought a resource in, well, not a resource, sorry. We bought an exploration property in Snow Lake, Manitoba, which is a district with over 100 years of history in mining. And we're really excited about transitioning the company. We've got a very tight capital structure and we've got a very strong cash position. And there, we think that Snow Lake will develop into a very strong lithium supply chain into the North American EV market. Law, the new kid on the block. Welcome. <laughs> Welcome you. to London, first of all. Thanks. Thanks, so, thanks for coming over. Right, rebranded. Uh, th that's always quite a painful process to go through, but you've done it. So you're out the other side. You're here <laughs> telling the story. So this has been a silver story. It's kind of evolving into a, a battery metal story through, through the lithium up in Manitoba. So what did you set out to do day one? Uh, well, that's a very interesting question. So. I remember when CNR went public and Paul Tellier took over and he removed 17 vice presidents in the first senior vice presidents in the first kind of 90 days. So I just removed everybody from the company and put my own people in mm -hmm. and kept the right people in order to uh, build the business on a go forward basis. And that was a very painful process, mm -hmm. but I think it's gonna be extremely worthwhile. Right, so, but, but tell me in terms of the, the business plan, what is it, what, what, what have you started, uh, what did you start with and what are you going to create it into or change right. it into? I think that's a great way, to, a great place to start. So we have two properties in Mexico, one in Durango, which we're focused on. Mm -hmm. And uh, the resource there is approximately 10 million ounces. Mm -hmm. So if you think about the value of that property, uh, you think about the fact that silver's trading at around $20. So that's, mm -hmm. you know, $20 million of value, you can discount that back and everybody's gonna have their own opinion about that, what that's worth. I think it's worth more than zero and it's not in our share price and mm. we need to maximize the value of that asset. And so we've started a new 43101 on that process, on that project uh, through Mycon and who has done the yeah. historic work on that. And we've hired Longford Exploration to oversee that process for us. I'm a capital markets person with you know, uh, 30 years of experience. So I know what I'm doing in the capital markets, but I know what I don't know as well. And therefore you need really good geologists. And so we think that we're gonna get a nice resource out of that, and then I need to maximize value for that. Then there's another asset in the southern part of Mexico called La Frazada, mm -hmm. and I'm still trying to figure out what to do with that. Mm -hmm. So the, um, the geologists we're gonna, are gonna come back to me and let me know what to do, but it's still, we're only six months in, so was focused on uh, the Durango Panasco property and mm -hmm. transitioning the company to Snow Lake, Manitoba and becoming more lithium based. But I do need to maximize the value of those assets. Right, you're not getting any value for them at the moment. So in, in a way you're, in, you're not in any imperative or rush to ma monetize that as such, but you wanna maximize what that number looks like at some point, right? Right, it's a call option. Yeah, it's a call option for you. So yeah. it's, it's, it's kind of in, in a way, it's kind of, um, it's, it's not a, a, a burden right now. Your focus has got to be on, what, well, I think the narrative I want to hear from you today is about what are you going to do with the lithium component? And at some point you'll come back and say, well, here's what I think I'm going to do with the silver going forward, right? 
Absolutely. I mean, we, we need, we're transitioning the company to, you know, being a much more North American battery metals company focused on lithium at the moment. Right. And Snow Lake, Manitoba is an extremely interesting district to get involved in. Totally. Maybe in the, sorry, just on finish on. So there's a lot of silver projects at the moment, a lot of them stranded, struggling, and, and a lot of them, right? So, and they're, they're all pretty much saying the same thing. So in a way, having that flexibility around timing for you, will help. Hopefully, increase in silver price will help and therefore maximizing the value at, at some point. Okay, so I think, I think that's an interesting one, but I want to focus on the lithium. Lithium pegmatites, lithium spodium. It seems to be all kicking off in Canada at the moment. You know, we've been so used to talking about <laughs> these the South American brine stories. We've obviously the, the, the hard rock projects out of Australia, but Canada's never really been a lithium producer or so not a lot of I don't know companies. if I agree with that because the Tanko mine is in southern Manitoba and it's one of the largest lithium brine sure. producers in not the world. Not a lot of them, not a lot of juniors yeah. is my point. Oh yeah, not a lot of juniors for sure, but lots more right now. Mm. <laughs> for yeah. sure. Well, uh, well in, but, but in, that's quite tough, right? Because they're, they're kind of stealing your thunder. There's, there's a lot of noise going on. Or do you think you feel it helps you in terms of that narrative in the market? Well, from our perspective and our setup, that's exactly what we want. Okay. Because if you look at the other two players that we're, you know, uh, not mimicking, but following along in, you know, there's been, you know, close to $50 million Canadian raised in the area. Mm -hmm. You have two companies, one that's on the NASDAQ and one that's on the CSC that have both been involved in Snow Lake and we're the third player coming in. So we can line up behind them in the Peloton mm -hmm. and one of them is going to build a mine with $160,000, 160,000 uh, um, uh, tons of, you know, Ally at 6% coming out within the next few years and they're going to build a full on electrical plant and you have the supply you have mm -hmm. the supply chain all the way down into the battery metals market and you've got 100 years of history of coming out of the air in the area of mining and so we'll follow along in Snow Lake and you know increase our land position and put ourselves in a really really good position to create value for our shareholders. Okay, so tell me a bit about the deal. How much do you pay for it? What do you know about what you've got? Okay, let's go backwards a little bit. What did I pay for it? So when you look at our company and you look at the capital structure of the company, you've had, when I first took it over on June the 13th, uh, it had 27 million shares and approximately $2.7 million of cash in the bank. And so that's a very tight capital structure. In order to restructure the company, we bought the penny property for 13 million shares or approximately a million dollars. Mm -hmm. And we took in $200,000 of cash on top of that. Mm -hmm. So the $200,000 of cash, we uh, entered into a contract with Longford Exploration to do the sampling of the property. We have mm -hmm. over 300 samples that we've taken out of the property in the middle of October that are currently at the lab being looked at. And we right. should see the results of those either at the end of Q1 or early Q2, uh, 2023. Um, so from there, we're also going to do some geochemical work. Mm -hmm. And once we get the geochem uh, in, we'll make a determination of what we will do from a geophysical per, uh, perspective. The thing about doing uh, geophysical work is that it becomes more expensive. 
And so we need to think about what our capital allocation is uh, at that time when we do that. And prior to that, you know, in a good capital allocator, you know, if you take, if you issue shares and you bring in money, uh, I believe that you should match that money uh, into the from the company into the area. So, you know, we'll probably spend another two hundred thousand dollars between now of the treasury between now and uh, the end of Q one in growing our land position. Okay, so tell me a bit about the kind of the, the corporate structure. So you came in, you bought it. I mean, you're a, you're a shareholder of some notes, are you? I am extremely aligned with any shareholder right. in the company. What does that mean? So it means that there were uh, architects of the company that took it public in March of 2021 that mm-hmm. were unhappy with the previous management team and mm-hmm. what was going on in it and wanted to transition the company. Okay. So they asked me to come in as a capital markets person yeah. and figure out what to do with it. Gotcha. And so I'm the one that's made the decisions to transition it. They, you know, going back to the tight capital structure, um, of the 40.6 million shares outstanding, the original assets came out of a company called Silver One, and they mm-hmm. own approximately 10% of the company. Okay. The architects that got me involved in the company control about 30% of the company. Mm-hmm. And then the people who owned the penny property uh, previously ha- own approximately 20% of the company. And mm-hmm. so there's about 40% of the company that is more like free trading, right. uh, more, you know, those are the individual shareholders that in the name, uh, 20% of those from, um, 20% of those from the original go public transaction in March of 2021. Mm-hmm. And then the balance uh, from, you know, the penny acquisition. Right. Okay. And if you, I'm saying, have you put your own cold hard cash into this? Is this your focus or have you got multiple other things on the go as well? I would say that this has been my focus since uh, um, June of this year. Okay. It's a project that, that that I took on to get to this stage. I do have other things that I do work on on a regular basis. Yeah. You know, for the you know from 2000 to 2015, I worked at Bank of America or Scotia Capital in Toronto, New York, and spent about a third of my time in metals and mining. Mm-hmm. Uh, since uh, 2000, I've been working on more technology and uh, real estate transactions. Mm-hmm. But I think the setup is really, really good for the mining space that's going on right now. It, re- you know, as Mark Twain says, you know, things are never the same, but they do rhyme. Um, and as a result, there's a lot of similarities going on right now as went on in 2000. And uh, I can see it. I can feel it. I worked on the desk. I worked with the Scotia Makata at the time. There's a lot of interesting things going on in the gold business and in the silver business to be able to maximize value out of our uh, properties mm-hmm. in uh, Mexico. And then, you know, commodities usually, if you go back to the 1800s, first gold moves and then commodities move behind it. And so you can see that in what happened in uh, Q4 of 2011, when QT expectations peaked and, you know, U.S. housing bottomed uh, at fair value. And then, you know, uh, things did really, really well on a go forward basis. Gold took off in, you know, 2003, broke out over $300 an ounce and went to, you know, almost 2000. Mm. We've seen gold and then the commodities came in behind it. We saw that happen to 2006, right? Before Q, before before QE started, we, yeah. Well, we should we should probably steer away from the, the politics and the history of gold because it obviously 
I was in banking uh, like you at that, at that time. It, it went on a tear and then it fell off the edge of a cliff. Um, yeah, it went likewise. from 1800 to 1000. <laughs> right. But commodities themselves, if you go back, yeah. the history of commodities is extremely, extremely important. And I'm a student of the history of commodities. Maybe we should have a conversation about that, maybe offline or on, online. No, I think it's, I think it's, I think it's, I think it's extremely it. important to the setup of where we are headed in the commodities market and yeah. why it is companies like Lodestar Battery Metals will do extremely well because capital will come into the space and stocks are widgets. And when capital comes into the space, the water goes up in the canal. Well, I think, I think there's, a, there's, a, there's a lot of positive signs for certainly battery metals um, around the a huge industry mobilizing around battery metal needs, not just for EVs, but also, quite frankly, in the in infrastructure build-outs as well. So I think it, it, you're entering the right space at the right time, timing it beautifully. Now, you talked about your capital markets experience. I want to understand the technical experience of, of the team, because I've, I've had a look at the, 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 the directors. Right. Um, I, I see one geo, one guy only. Is there a kind of bigger team behind him delivering the technical so expertise on the ground? First of all, Luke Vandermeer has worked both for Andrew Forrester and for Robert Friedland. So mm -hmm. I don't know if there's too many uh, geologists in the world who have, you know, experience working in both of those companies. Mm -hmm. And he works uh, at a company called Longford Exploration. Mm -hmm. Longford Exploration has worked on over 100 projects, mm -hmm. uh, similar and different than uh, uh, they're doing for the Penny property. And as they're looking at for them, the, it's run by a person by the name of James Rogers. James Rogers is a very, very capable uh, capital markets and geologist person. Mm -hmm. And uh, he does a great job. And Luke is just amazing uh, at what he does and communicating with him and listening to what he does and all the reports that he provides to me. It's just been an absolute pleasure, pleasure dealing with them. And as a capital markets person, you need to rely on your accountants and your lawyers and your geologists in order to, to be successful. And I'm a very good listener, but I'm also very good at making decisions. The right hand wants to do everything, mm. but the left hand is the one that signs the checks. So I'm very careful. I like that. <laughs> um, but let, let's talk about what you, you're clear about what you're going to do with the silver, right? There's, there's a process you've got to get, go, go through. Moving the lithium project on, you talk about some, some of the expenditure that you're going to lay out for that and what you're going to do there. But you've kind of got to insert, insert yourself into that kind of big ecosystem. You, you point down south to all of the OEMs down there who'll need this stuff, and some of them are moving up the food chain and investing in companies. How, how do you intend to sort of play going going forward? You've got one asset at the moment. Will there be? Are you, um, We're going to grow the land position, right? And so, they, so lithium is the is, is the thing for you. Yes, right now That's for it. sure. Okay. From the battery metals perspective, I think the lithium fundamentals and the supply fundament the supply demand fundamentals for right. lithium are extremely extremely strong. And you know we could spend hours talking about it, but the most mm. important thing is, is that other people are recognizing Snow Lake as being the area that you need to be in. And some of the other companies in the area have entered into agreements mm -hmm. with companies like LG uh, uh, Energy, where they're gonna build a $4 billion battery plant uh, in and around the supply chain of that. And the other companies are, are going to be supplying that 160,000 tons of lithium into that area. So as the as that becomes more to, fu 
towards fruition. Mm. The land package that we have in any district play, just like with <laughs> Boise Bay or just like in the Fort McMurray area, mm. becomes extremely valuable as those companies build themselves out. Okay, what, what I'm trying to work out is how do I play this as an investor, right? Because you've explained you know, some of what you're doing here, but it's relatively, relatively early days. You're a relatively small company at the moment with relatively small you know, right. cash available to you. Well, so, I wouldn't say that we have a small amount of cash because you know, the you cat, we have $2.5 okay, uh, million dollars as of October 31st, right. and we have an under $5 million Canadian market cap. Right, but I, in, in the context of what you can do with that sort of money, if I'm looking in as an investor, right? So I don't mean to be demeaning or no, or no, glib, not at glib, all. Glib I'm pushing back. Right? But, but <laughs> I'm saying it's not a lot of money. You've got to be really careful about how you spend that wisely and well. And I'm trying to work out. Is this build up a land package and then you're going to start, you know, offloading some of this as, as the, the value increases? Do you intend to move forward and stay in control of this by raising more money and, you know, doing whatever it is that you, you Well, I have you no need, need to raise to any capital in the near term. Yeah. And one of the reasons why I like Manitoba is because the tax rates on flow through are very, very attractive. Mm. So I put myself in a very good uh, position mm. to be able to raise flow through money when it is the time to do that. Right. I very highly doubt I'll be able to need to do any of that stuff within the next 18 or 24 months. Right. Okay. So but your, your end game is what? Set yourself up to be taken out, to advance the project, to, to get some sort of scale on the resource. Uh, and, and then see... Well, in order to get the resource, I would have to drill it out. So that would be, you know, the drilling program, uh, once we got there, would probably be either late 2023 or mm. early 2024. So if okay. I had to put the pin in it and you put a gun to my head, I would mm. say, you know, uh, Q1, you know, end of middle of Q1 2024 would be a drill program. Mm. Until then, we're going to be piggybacking on what the other people are doing in the area, growing our land package, mm -hmm. and being very careful with our capital. Right. So that's what I'm buying into. So this is yes. a longer. So the it's a district want to play. To, it's a district play, longer term hold, and and you know believe in the thematic of lithium specifically, the battery metals more broadly. Right. Simple well, I would say that commodities are a very interesting thing right now. And my investment time horizon and why, why I got involved in it yeah. was three to six years. Right. right. I didn't get involved in this for, you know, an 18 month turnaround. You yeah. know, you need to have if you're going to commit your time, energy and capital into a business, mm. you need to have a little bit more of a longer term view. And I want to bring real value to shareholders. I don't just want to, you know, be involved in something that's not creating value for shareholders. Right. And, and that, that's why I think it's important that I ask you that question, because I need to understand from you what type of investors you're looking for. Because if you kind of get day traders coming in and out, or people who may go on a ride with you and then get disappointed when, it, when, when the stocks come off, for whatever reason, market debt, that, that's quite painful to deal with in, in the junior space. So I'm not quite sure what your experience is in terms of managing public companies. Is it, you've done it before? Well, I, I, I think that that's kind of an interesting uh, discussion point because, you know, having been involved in metals and mining for 15 years in an institutional level mm -hmm. uh, for some of the largest companies uh, in the world doing that, mm -hmm. I don't see a lot of difference. I mean, mm -hmm. I just see uh, different uh, share prices and different things moving around. Mm -hmm. But working on a desk and then watching what goes on in the small cap world, mm -hmm. everything's the same. And I don't think that there's a lot of people who really understand that. I think that there's just not a lot of people that have spent a huge amount of time in the institutional large cap world that have come come into the small cap world to see what's going on in it. And I just see so many similarities. 
I, well, I, I did too. Yeah. I, I started where you were, and I kind of came down the junior space, and I think I, I, I learned a few things along the way. But your shareholder of, base is extremely important to you. Absolutely, and re yeah. retail behaves slightly more emotionally than the institutional side of things, so it, 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 it can drive success or not for, for, for companies. Well, we can talk about the value yeah. of the company and the share price. I mean, I'm very in, in tune to what's happening with it and, mm. you know, what's happening to the shareholder base and the turnover. As I said, yeah. you know, there's only 40% of the shares that really trade out there of 40.6 million shares. So that's mm. 8 million shares, right? Mm. So if you have 8 million shares that need to uh, turn over and approximately 2.5 million shares have traded since I've taken over the company, mm -hmm. you know, that 8 million shares is turning over. So we have a little bit ways to go at the moment until yeah. that cleans, cleans up and goes into new hands. Right. Like in any transition when you're going from value to growth or if you want to talk about the Lausanne curve or however, anything you want to mm. do about it, you know, when Suncor before they went into production went down, like companies go through transitions, they go through different shareholder bases. So we're doing the exact same thing, which I've seen in the large cap world, you know, for a long time is we're just going through a transition of who our shareholder base is. And if you think about, you know, 8 million shares at where our current share price is, it's not a lot of money, mm. right? And so, yes, they behave differently, but the concepts are still all the same. And so once you trade change over the shareholder base of that 8 million shares, which we have been, you know, moving through, mm -hmm. and then you have, uh, you know, the tax harvesting season that's going on in yeah. Canada right now. Yeah. So this is a great time to be looking at these type of companies. And just like in the large cap space, you know, things go down as you get through tax loss selling season. And then, you know, they go back up on the other side of it. And I think that a lot of these junior companies are going to behave very similar to the large cap companies as we, as we move through this. And we'll be able to recover our share price to a more normalized basis and then put ourselves in a position to go higher by creating real value. At the end of the day, something that you said that was really important is, you know, we're going to get real value through the drill bit. And so between now and then, I, it's, it's time. I mean, it takes 10 years to build a mine. Mm. And the great thing about, you know, uh, Lodestar is, is that there's a company building a mine right near us. And, you know, the supply demand fundamentals and, you know, the amount of money that the government and other companies are spending in the battery metal space is they're going to need supply. And just like we saw with LNG and with Kitimat and other things like that, people will come in and want to find guarantee supply. Guaranteed supply. And also the capital structure trade between the EV uh, companies mm -hmm. that produce uh, um, cars and the suppliers of the metals is a very interesting capital structure trade, right? Like if you think about what these companies are trading at in a market cap basis and what their EBITDA is versus what some of these large metal companies are trading at in their EBITDA basis is all that capital structure date is going to flow through from the large caps to the small caps, just like we saw uh, with LNG and just like we've seen in all of the, the different uh, commodity cycles. These are, this is exactly what happens as marked. Twain used to say, or it's said, things just, they're never the same, but they do rhyme. And you need to take the setup and you need to take a look at those things. And then you need to have good people around you in order to deliver value. Mark Twain also said some quite choice words about miners. So, um, yeah, well, there's great <laughs> things about miners. Like I just remember being involved in Boise Bay and we had, a, I had investments with Dean's Knight Capital Management at the mm -hmm. time when, you know, Robert Friedland was doing that. And, you know, one of the things that Wayne Dean's used to always say was the ore body has no idea who owns it. Mm. You know, there's also, you know, the, the line about, you know, what's a, a, a miner, a liar standing on a piece of land. 
So that's why I'm very, very careful with how I'm going to allocate capital. And mm -hmm. that's why I put myself in a district play so that I can see what's going on around me. Mm -hmm. And there's government support going on around with what's oh, no, going no, on. I buy, you know, I buy the thematic. You sold tech. I'm sold on the, the thematic. I'm trying to meet companies with a plan and you know how they one obviously deliver value to the shareholder by driving the share price up and, and two to deliver meaningful projects which actually become something and like you know there's a new kind of paradigm in mining you, you said it yourself a couple of times um, and i think that i'm looking for the companies and the, the management teams who can take advantage of that situation create real real value rather than right, just well, we need to get to the drill bit yeah and we're looking for a needle in a needle stack and mm -hmm. we need to grow our needle stack in order to find needles mm. you do Exciting times. Yeah. And, 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 and take this the right way, from a relatively low base, the, the leverage is there if you get it right. Yeah, we're, the likelihood of success in the Snow Lake region, looking at other regions in for the hard rock spudamine mm. is extremely high. It does come with risks. There's no question about it's it. Mining. It does come with risk. Yeah. You're talking about exploration mining, right? Mm -hmm. You know, there's production, there's proven, there's, po there's probable, and there's possible. And we're working in the possible. So we have to have a dream. And the dream has to have a story. And the story has to have legs. And then we need to build the backup behind the story through exploration mm -hmm. and the drill bit in order to deliver value for our shareholders. And around that, if we have other companies in the district doing the same thing, all going in the same direction, the water goes up in the canal. Well, best of luck. Thanks for coming in and sharing a new story with us. Hopefully everyone has a good, good look at it, poke around, and we'll see you again. Absolutely.